Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, New York City Supercross wrap-up, presented by Fox Racing, BTOsports.com, nation's leading retailer for anything you need for your bike or body. Use the code PULPMX, save yourself money there, big tire sale going on, some fantastic tire prices. Go ahead and shop around, get the best prices, go to BTOsports.com, order it from them, their user-friendly website. And use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money. And, of course, Fox Racing. Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but May 1st, Thursday, May 1st. So this coming Thursday, come meet Ricky Carmichael, Carrie Hart, and Jeff Emig from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 at the uh, Las Vegas Premium Outlet South uh, Fox uh, store there. And it's at 7400 Las Vegas Boulevard, Suite 58A. And uh, so Carmichael, Hart, Emig, probably some other Fox athletes will be there signing and uh, greeting fans. And so we... We thank the Fox Racing for coming on the uh, podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line, as usual, is my boss at RacerX, the RacerX online editor, and uh, a big fan of this weekend's Supercross, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. <laughs> How was it coming back to your motherland, your stomping grounds? It was good in so many ways, um, but uh, that was, you know, by, say, Saturday morning it was good. But after a few more days being spent, two more uh, I'm done. Time to get out of here. <laughs> Time to leave. Are, is some yeah, the- yeah. I can only take so many days at home. I'm sure that when you go back to Canada for a week, you probably then say, mm. "Okay, time to go." Yep. No, you're absolutely right. I'm good for two or three days in Canada. Then I'm like, "All right, I gotta go." Did, <laughs> did yes or no? Did your backyard wrestling buddies invite you to come on over for one last tag team? <laughs> yes. Yeah, one, they, uh, yeah, we we smashed a couple light bulbs on each other's heads for good measure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little different now. Kids and the wives are watching as it goes on <laughs> in dismay. Right, but uh, still like old times. Also yeah. on the line to talk about uh, New York City Supercross, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, former top privateer of the year, uh, now working at Fly Racing uh, WPS, uh, which also had a big contingent of people out at the race. The Jason Thomas. Yeah, we did. No, it was, uh, it was good. It was a pretty intense weekend as far as our our representation. It's a lot more than we normally have. Right, right. And yeah, we'll get to that in a second, but thanks for coming on, JT. Also on the line, last year's 250 East Supercross champion. This year, uh, one of the uh, surprising rookies in the 450 Supercross track uh, class. He's now injured and hanging out and looking to do any and all radio shows that he can, as well as this week. He has a new gig. Geico Honda's Will Hahn. Wilbur, what's up? No, I just come to hang out with you fellas. You, uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to having your analysis of the New York Supercross race. But 
You're actually, you're here to work, Wygant. Will Will has a job. Yeah, we're we're cracking the whip. Um, it's uh, pretty late in the season. Uh, the, the three of us have really had a tough time, for example, on this podcast, getting excited about what's happening at the races at times. Uh, the season drags on, so we need some new blood, some fresh life, and uh, unfortunately for Will, he was available. So we're going to put him to work this week as our guest editor. So it starts with this podcast. We're going to send some stories his way and uh, let him give us yays and nays and tell us if we're idiots for the ideas we have, freshen things up, get a new perspective. So we're putting you to work, man. You can't heal up quickly enough to get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, mean, I was going to say that he was making me sound too good, and then I, I was going to catch him with until, you know, I'm surprised, Ricky, until I try to double front flip off the bike. He just doesn't work. Right, right. <laughs> let me tell you this, Will. Uh, the breakdown column on Racer X needs a lot of help. You're going to really need to look that over this week. You ever heard of this column? This, uh, there's a column called Observations. It's a real disaster. Mm. I'm, I'm ready to get on there. I'm just, can I just, I just want to be – can we just do one on Mathis? <laughs> what do you mean just one? Just, just, just... just one. Just one line, and then we can all write about him. So what I try to do is I try to build people up. Mathis is a real detractor. He likes to, he likes to cut into people. Really look for their weaknesses and just bury the knife deep I, as possible. I uh, I tear them down to build them up, JT. Yep. That's, that's what I do. I make heroes. Oh, uh, okay. I, 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 I know you tear them down. I have yet to see the build them up part. <laughs> <laughs> well, Timmy's been retired for a long time, so it's tough. Well, Wilbur, welcome welcome to the show. Uh, let's get right into it. So, New York City Supercross. Uh, Weege, David Pingree was supposed to be there. He was supposed to be rented. Uh, the Supercross Star, Rent the Supercross Star program is off to a rocky start. But this this goes to our talk in the press box. If Ping had showed up, it may have been the biggest conglomeration of Racer X staff ever. And it goes to with JT, the Western Power Sports guys, the Fox Racing guys, BTO Sports guys. I mean, it seemed like every industry company brought wives, girlfriends, uh, sales reps, anything to this race, Wygant. It was huge. Like, it was, a, it was a, big, uh, a big deal to the industry. Yeah, suddenly everyone was available. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go for business purposes and get the expense report. I think I'm going to have to go to this one. Um, uh, even, even Wilbur, he was, you were there. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw Brock Tickle hanging out. Uh, Brayton was hurt, but he was still there hanging out like – the riders, I'm sure they were getting pushed in a million directions to do press and stuff, but I feel other people, you think they might have just wanted a free trip to New York City? You think mm. that might have been possibly the motivation for some people? Well, Wilbur, why'd you show up? Uh, a couple of reasons. I mean, of course I wanted to go to New York City, um, you know, uh, you know, not have my own pocket, right? I mean, I want to go there and hang out. I want to do my stuff. and mm-hmm. uh, But I went there early. Uh, I went there early to go see the town. That's Razors as, as a... JT knows, and you guys know that when we fly in Friday and do a signing, go to dinner, and go to bed, we wake up, do our thing, go to bed, and we fly out. So mm-hmm. rarely do we ever actually get to enjoy the city. So for me, it was something that I wanted to go go see the city. What'd you do? What was cool? Uh, I went downtown, went to Central Park, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to uh, the Empire State Building, went to the top of that thing, and which I'm not a heights guy, so it was kind of tough. But, uh, <laughs> it was definitely cool. It was well worth it, and... Um, there wasn't enough time. There's too many people. There's <laughs> not enough time to get it done in a day. So I, I need to go there like on a Tuesday next year. Yeah, it was crazy. There's a lot to do. JT, you and I, uh, Friday, we spent, uh, we hoofed it about 40 blocks to uh, to Central Park at one point. Then we 
drove to Ground Zero. Then we drove to Bronx to the Bronx for a Yankee game. Our Friday was very busy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I mean, it. Uh, you know, I agree with what Will was saying. And I've since I've retired, I've got to do more of that stuff. Um, you really just get locked into your your schedule for the race, and regardless of where you are, you don't get to do very much. So, uh, I I kind of noticed that more going to Europe, especially. I never got to see anything. I'd been to Europe. I've been to Europe like 85 times, and I just in the last probably five times have actually gone and checked stuff out. So mm-hmm. exactly like Will saying, he was he didn't have a lot of obligations probably, and it's cool to actually get to see things while you're there instead of just being in your little world and, and going racing. So, yeah, like you said, we, on Friday we got to actually do some cool things and be tourists a little bit. Will, did you go to the Yankee game? I did. It seemed like everybody went to the Yankee game, but the one Yankee fan, Jason Wygant. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of staying married, so that's what I had to do. And I cash in all my chips <laughs> getting mega hammered with a staff meeting, quote-unquote staff meeting, on Thursday. So I had nothing left of the tank for Friday. Oh, yeah, You were going to get divorced if you went to a Yankee game. Well, it's because I, uh, I, I, I'm saving my points for Vegas. I actually brought my daughter here without the wife. And uh, I couldn't then just dump her off at the grandparents for four straight days so I could get drunk in New York and go to baseball games and motocross races. So I had to pick my spot. Plus, Matt, that's how much did that ticket cost you? Yeah, well, I'm a little bitter about that. Uh, $95 to go see the Yankees. While well, my friend Jason Thomas got a free one. So, I did. Yeah, you lost me at $95. sir. Which I offered to pay half of. $95, Wygant. But got a big payroll to support. Getting, I'll be glad to watch it on TV for free. Getting to see Derek Cheater, maybe price. I did. I did offer to pay half. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. So. Okay, I'm waiting on half of the taxi. All right. Well, I'm waiting for half of the pizza. Uh, you ate more than half of it. <laughs> oh, bull crap! <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, for reals. Um, it seemed like Wilbur. It seemed like uh, everybody came out for this race. Everybody's pretty excited. No, they did. It's it's a new venue. It's um, you know it's obviously a cool area to be around and something that none of us have really. I don't think we've all been involved. I mean, we go to Unadilla, but it's still not New York City. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just exciting for everyone. I think everyone is excited about the new venue, um, new race, new new everything. They put a lot of hype on it, uh, as they should. Crowd. So, what do you think of the crowd? I thought it was I thought it was awesome. Dude, it was raining all day, uh, off yeah. and on. Yeah. It was threatening all day, and, and they had a great turnout, I thought. Weege, good crowd. You said uh, before, Wygant, that they were expecting 50,000. Well, they had. They told me they had sold, they pre-sold, they had 55,000 seats sold on, by Thursday. And they figured, I mean, you're going to get, normally I'm sure a big percentage of the people are just walking up that day. It wasn't a big increase, because what did they say in the end? They had 62,000? But... That's probably what the second or third biggest race of the year already in the yep. first shot. It's pretty heavy, two or second, right? Wow! Look, there's no way they had sixty-two thousand people there. Oh come on! You're with all liars, really? When do they ever announce the actual real attendance in the building? When have they ever done they that? They do every every race. They okay. announce it. And do you believe it? Do you believe it? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, put 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 a tooth under your pillow, and the fairy tale will come. Fairy, I've always gotten money. <laughs> the tooth fairy I, I will come. It. This was getting up in the crowd and being like, man, there was a lot of people. It, it was good. It's a, big, it's a big stadium. It was good. It was good. I'm not saying it wasn't. 
I'm just whatever number they give me, there was less people than that there. And that's fine. That's the way these things work. That's the way the system works. You know, Fenway Park had a had a three-year or five-year sold-out streak. Uh, they announced um, for the Red Sox that wasn't. I know that's how they But they were work. actually – the tickets were sold, though. Well, I, I just I – just, whatever number they tell me, there was less there. But that's fine. It was still good. It was still fine. The building sits 82,000, and they have 62,000. I believe when you I looked around when it accurate. wasn't raining and everyone was in their seats, I'd say the percentages look darn close. Like, if, yeah, that's, I agree. if that means 21% of the seats are empty, that's pretty much what it looked like. Okay. All right. Yeah. I agree. Cool. Right on. Good to hear. Mathis is just pissed that there wasn't a race in Winnipeg. Ah, I, I heard. I heard it could be coming down the line. We got a new stadium up there. So, uh, Wilbur, what do you think of the track? It was. Um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to walk it? Yeah, but, but before we get to that, I need to know if you would have thrown the pull host ball back. Oh, the, the home run? I need to know if you would have thrown it back. Would you have kept it, or do you throw it back? No, I keep it. No, I keep it. I've never caught right? a baseball ever oh, at a baseball game. I, I totally would have kept it. No? But you have to be a hardcore Yankees fan to throw it back. Yeah. yeah I don't care about yeah, the Yeah, but, Yankees. dude, it landed right where we were sitting. Did it? And I feel like if you didn't throw it back, I feel like you might get beat up. Because they were like they were pretty adamant oh. about making sure you threw it back. Oh, really? Oh, if, yeah. if I catch it, I'm bouncing it off the wall during this phone call in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> I, yeah, I bring it home with me every time. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's I, I what I'm thinking. Less. No, I, yeah, I, I would always. I bring mean, it if home. they want, if they want to get it on in the stands about a ball, we can do that. But I'm taking yeah. it home. Yeah, I mean, look, the, you're only going to get punched five, six, seven times before the yellow jacket guys come in. You know what I mean? Like, won't be. I mean, whatever. If they want to take you down and beat you down, and that's fine. You, there won't be that long before security jumps in. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a couple Yankee Yankees uh, Red Sox games and sat in the. This is the old stadium. You see the center field. They call them the bleacher creatures. It's just the worst of the worst because they're the cheapest seats. Mm-hmm. Not, there aren't any executives in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, like eventually, a fight will start. And no matter what, if you're the guy wearing the Red Sox jersey, you're the one getting ejected. You could just sit there with headphones <laughs> and sunglasses on and not look at anyone and not say anything. But if a fight starts within a hundred feet of where you are, you are getting thrown out. <laughs> you. It's got to be the Red Sox guy. Get him out of here. <laughs> well, we, were of sitting, here. we were sitting in the Angels family section, so we were definitely getting kicked out then. We were? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Angels family section? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't notice all the Angels fans around us? No. No, I didn't. Yeah. I was yeah. too cold. I was... Well, because Troy Blouse gave us the tickets, and he got it from an Angels coach, so... Oh. Uh, well, I bought mine. I, I didn't get any tickets from Troy Gloss, ever. I bought mine. <laughs> So, um, how about Chad Reed? He came with us, JT. Huge baseball fan. Yes. Very, very uh, knowledgeable about the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, very in touch he, with things. Re- his attention span in the game was phenomenal. Just oh, it was. It pit- was. He was yeah. basically predicting what was going to happen before it even happened. The but way he ca- – the way You know, when they would yep. bring in a reliever, he knew exactly all the stats. Yeah. Yeah, everything that was going on. The way he had that clicker in his hand for balls and strikes, just you know, yep. just to make sure. He was keeping his own uh, scorecard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't know who Derek Jeter was, and I could not believe this. I, I kept grilling him, and what? He's he, he's just he, yeah. He, it, it wasn't good. It, it wasn't good. <laughs> on, a, on a scale of one to ten, I'm not really sure that there's a number on the scale. <laughs> he was. He uh, was. He bought. He was cold. He was wearing a, a hoodie. Uh, and, a, and a hat, and he was still cold. So we went and purchased a Yankee toque and a Yankee sweatshirt. 
and he bundled nice. up. He bundled up in the thing, and as we were leaving, he finally realized how much he spent on that. He didn't know. He was in such a hurry. He just swiped a card, he said. Um, then he found out he spent $100 on the sweatshirt. <laughs> so then JT and I had a big discussion. Will this sweatshirt make it home to Florida? So, JT, we need to figure out. You need to ask him. I'll ask him, but I don't think I think it's uh, at the Hugo Hotel in Manhattan right now. <laughs> uh, good times. He did know who Babe Ruth was, though. Wilbur, he had heard of Babe Ruth. I still, I still say that it was a baby Ruth, and he was just confused. Okay, <laughs> he had a baby Ruth at some point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he's just, just clueless. He's Australian. I know, but he's been here for ten years. He's been here for over ten years. You know, I mean, you don't catch some Sports Center with Derek Jeter. You don't. I mean, you don't do something with Derek Jeter. You just Jeter lives in Tampa, right? Yep. He never ended up at some high swanky club with Derek Jeter at some point. No. <laughs> when he does see him, he's just going to all come back to me like, "Wait a minute! How <laughs> I understand who that guy was." Well, he made it to the seventh inning. I was, I was impressed by that, JT. I think we all made it to the seventh, and it was so cold we had to leave. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, I love, and then I love, then we got into the thirty-six mile an hour debacle. Moving on, Wilbur, what did you think of the track? <laughs> um, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the the two different types of dirt was was kind of weird. Yeah, what uh, was up with that? Do you think what was the deal? Did you? Ever... Uh, I heard that they ran out, and then they <laughs> had to find some more dirt. They ran out, but it had different That's... kinds of dirt on the track map. Well, then maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That Before was... we get too far into this, we really need to cover this uh, this pitching this pitching battle you had. Matt. It's, it's relevant. It's not relevant. We're, we're all, it is relevant. We're, we're 17 minutes in. We need to start talking about this race. Okay, really quickly. Mathis was involved in a pitching duel, and his, his fastball, he got three attempts, his fastest pitch, 36 miles an hour. That's it. I just want to put that out there. Everyone to know I don't, that Mathis lost, and his fastest pitch was 36 miles an hour. It it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. I, you could say that again. I don't know what happened. I don't understand it. I was really cold all night long. The first pitch I threw, I, I everything went numb. My shoulders and my fingertips and my hand and everything went numb. I'm claiming I need Tommy John surgery. Um. I tore my rotator cuff in 94. I don't know. I could have thrown the ball up and headbutted it faster than that. The worst part <laughs> was I was talking mad shit to Truman, Dan Truman. Oh, this was your idea. This was all my idea. I said, Truman, oh. I, will, I will smoke you with this. Put 20 bucks up. I will show you my, my heater, my power, and let's make this happen. And Burner paid, and, and Dan threw just over 50 miles per hour. And so – you know, basically, I was the one who went up to the guy, challenged him to a fight, and I got knocked out with one punch. There were small children, a few elderly, uh, a few elderly couples. They were all laughing. I don't know what happened. I'll be honest, Wagan. I don't know. Like, I just, you, I mean, my volleyball skills. I talked big about my volleyball skills, and I think I came through somewhat. Um, but the how ba- far does the ball travel at thirty-four miles an hour? Like, how far does it even go? Thirty every hour, it goes thirty. Six miles. Thirty-six. Well, again, get it straight. It was not thirty-four. Oh, sorry, thirty-six. Because I think it's known like the the slowest you can even throw a ball off a baseball mound and get it to home plate is significantly higher than that. Like, oh, it barely hits the mound. You need to mat. throw it at least fifty-eight miles an hour or something to get it to home plate. 
So yeah. we're talking uh, about a good 15 feet. <laughs> you ever seen uh, like a t-ball game where they're underhand softball? Just mm-hmm. a touch yeah. quicker than that. <laughs> and three shots at it. Never yeah. got better. That was no. That was that was the uh, the best one. Oh. I'm not bringing. I'm not bringing up the poorer attempts. That was his heater. I, I'm I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, I really thought you had something in you. Like I was one to mm-hmm. chant wild thing and all kinds of stuff. Like I thought Ricky yeah. Bond was headed to the plate. Right. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know what happened. I'm still analyzing the data and, and working it through my mind. It was like I said. The first pitch I threw, everything went numb and tingly, and I'm like, "What? What just happened? What? What just went on?" I, I, I used to be able to throw pretty good. I mean, okay. What? Okay, sure. I, I'm just hearing a lot of excuses. <laughs> That's you know what? That's all I got. You're right, Will. It is. Um, That's all I got. All right, let's get to the race a little bit, okay? Uh, the race was a success. Uh, they're going back next year. The crowd was big. Every industry person, it, it seemed like, uh, was there. Um, it was weird because JT and I were walking around Manhattan, and we ran into Kelly Louch and some monster girls who were just randomly walking down the street. We were just we were ducking down like you know different streets to get to where we needed to be, and then we ran into Sean Ulikowski and his wife and kids just randomly walking down the street. It was it was very strange. I don't, Wilbur, did you run into anybody? Like it was it seemed weird in a city of two hundred million people or whatever. I didn't, um, and you know what? No one, no one ran into me, which I was thankful for. My shoulder was sore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What could you have thrown? Do you think with your shoulder right now? Um, less than a mile an hour. Is that even possible? <laughs> well, I, I, I you know, all you have thrown is his shoulder out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if I would have tried to toss one, there's about a ninety percent chance my whole shoulder would have just fallen off. <laughs> well, I did. I did say to Chad, "Hey, come on, let's get in on this," and he's like, "No, I, I can't." <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, right, your shoulder. Um, I could have gave it with a lefty, but I'm pretty sure I don't think I could throw her a 15 with that thing. And then Burner was like, I can't do it. My shoulder will pop out. I'm just like, geez, you guys. <laughs> so I got triage unit. Hashtag rider life, right? <laughs> um, will, but when are you coming back? Uh, when do you, are you hoping to make some nationals? Yeah, I'd love to do the last three. Uh, okay, mind and being optimistic and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, if everything goes right and right. I got some pretty decent muscle uh, damage to like my bicep and, and around my elbow area. So okay. uh, for me, the one thing I'm worried about is just getting that back and and not coming back before that's back. Contract. How's your skull? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to discount it because obviously it sounds scary. It is scary, whatever. But it's it wasn't a big deal. Um, you just don't hear cracked skull many times. No in the injury report. No, I know. And, 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 you know, so, you know, okay, so here's the rundown. We're in St. Louis. The guy comes up to me and, you know, can't do surgery until Wednesday night. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work for me. It's Saturday. So I, I need to get that done sooner than that. Um, so split me up. I'm going to fly to my doctor. Then he come back with the, you know, the, the cracked skull thing. And, he, you know, he's like, I've only seen this twice in my life. And the only other two times they were fatal. And I'm like, well, is he just trying to, like, scare the life out of me right now? Or what's going on? So for me, it was, wow. like, it was really scary at the time because I'm like, okay, when you hear that, it's like, must, I must be pretty serious. So, and I'm, you know, I went to my doctor and we got it evaluated, and he's like, it's stable, it's a fracture, like there's no bleeding, there's no displacement, there's nothing to be stressed about. And here I am, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, Wait, what was the plan? Uh, with the Wednesday surgery, just take a bunch of Advil until then, until we get your skull fixed up. 
I think just uh, go ahead and kick back in the ER and uh, just uh, keep hitting the, the morphine button. I don't know what his plan was. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wilbur, I didn't know if your Anaheim crash could get any scarier, but it did in St. Louis. <laughs> you yeah. know what? I've had two spectacular crashes this year. That one, the whoops, was uh, was pretty awesome, and then to walk away from it was pretty mm-hmm. awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't walk away from this one. So. No, no. Actually, as a matter of fact, the race got restarted because of you. Yeah, that's my bad. Anybody that was up front, that's my bad. <laughs> hey, are you stressed out that your tattoo doesn't line up anymore? You know what? No, because, I mean, I mean, yes and no. It sucks, right? But it adds to the story. I mean, whatever. Yeah. It, the, the, the sucky part is, is when we left surgery, initially, it was lined up. And when the swelling went down, it, I don't know if it shifted or I, I don't know what happened. But in some in the first week, somewhere in there, uh, it shifted somehow. Don't know. Huh. Uh, a little bit of a bummer. Um, it's contract year for you. So, yep. you know, I just had this big talk with Brayton about his contract, and he's hurt right now, and he's looking forward to coming back, and we discussed some different stuff and different options. And, you know, he admitted that it weighs on him a little bit. What about you? Um, you know, obviously you had a good season going. I think, you know, uh, I think you surpassed a lot of people's expectations with how you were riding earlier in the year, um, but still, you're going to be out maybe until the last three. Maybe maybe you won't even make any. How does that yeah. How does that weigh on you? How do, how do you how do you think about that? I mean, it's tough because, you know, there's people interested all the way up until my crash, and then I'm in the hospital at night, and I'm thinking, like, well, you know, that's probably going to go ahead and just settle that on down, you know. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to take the distance after that, which – Normally that's how it works, you know. We're and we're in a we're in a tough sport. You're it is your last race, and, and that's the way it is. Uh, it's a, it's tough. It's a tough uh, line to walk. But at the same time, the, the the I felt like everyone was still, you know, like man, you rode great this year. Like yeah, it sucks you got hurt, but you know we're still interested. You're still a good kid and all this stuff. So I mean, I don't know. Um, if anything, I'm I'm doing something right. I don't know what it is. Maybe outgoing or whatever but i still got a lot of people interested in me and uh i'm thankful for that still having that showy money rolling in huh <laughs> so ignorant <laughs> i'm just, just saying i mean it's just you know they're paying you a lot of money von zipper too yeah von zipper well, money showy money did you I mean, ru- did you rub any money on your skull to try to heal it I did, but it, you know, all the money that I tried to rub on my skull said full from X on it because I was just bathing in it. Right. right. Now rates are X money. Yeah. 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 What's <laughs> this, all these revenue streams? What's this job pay, Wygant? Uh, similar to what you guys went through for a while. Mm. We'll give you a couple passes to a national, Will. Yeah, okay. we can get you. We can get you access. We you need free free online subscription. Hey, all I want is track access the first couple because I won't be racing. Ooh, that's asking a lot. You got to go through carry for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might. I want to ask. We we just got scared. I'm just gonna watch the top of the semi. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's get to the race here. Um, all right. I didn't watch it back yet. Uh, I had a very busy afternoon of catching up on a nap and uh, watching some hockey. Um, so it was very, very uh, – typing a couple columns out too for um, uh, a freelance job. So I haven't watched the race yet. Did any of you guys see James's put down of the knee? Yes, I watched it on TV. Okay. Do you think he's got some serious problems? Um, it was tough to tell from the video, but – I've torn my knees up before, right? And I'm more going off his reaction to it than anything. 
Um, I, I don't know. The biggest thing is if it if it pops out of place, which is the way he acted is what it looked like to me, uh, and I'm just purely speculating. I haven't talked to him, and, you know, anything like that. But that's the scary thing. If you pop it out of place, that usually involves a, an ACL tear or some serious damage. Um, so, man, I just I don't want to see that. The guy's finally getting – he's actually had a good year this year. He's up mm-hmm. to speed and riding the way we used to remember James. I, I'm just I fear the worst for him, so hopefully not. But you know I, I don't know if we'll ever get the full like mm-hmm. MRI report. You know how this sport works, but it just sucks, man. I, I felt really bad for him. Wilbur, what, did you see it? I didn't see it, but I, I watched him ride right by me off the track, and the way he was holding it and grasping it, it's never a good thing to see. Oh, okay, so, yeah. And, and and I don't know if it's you know I know he had a, an injury last year or something with the knee. I don't know if it's the same one. No, it's different one. one or, different one we got it, after the it, it after is, the race. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, to me, that was a question mark to me. So, I didn't know if it was the same one or not. Maybe he just, you know, tweaked it again or, or whatnot. But like like JT said, if it's it's all speculation at this point. But if he did, for some reason, pop it out, there's really no there's no way to do that without doing some pretty serious damage. And um, so that, that's the, the crappy part about it. And, and like you said, he was getting on his feet. And it's mm-hmm. awesome to see how he's doing. I mean, how he's interacting with his fans this year, everything. Like, the guy's changed. And, yeah. Um, you know, he's a whole different person. He's very outgoing um, to the media. I mean, everyone. I see, I see him changing to everyone. Um, yeah. On the gate. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't wish that upon anyone, even your rival. So, yeah. for that, it's something that's never good to see. Wow. Yeah, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. After the race, we heard from uh, one of the Suzuki guys that uh, they thought it would be really bad, but there wasn't much swelling, and maybe they're okay. Why can't you, from you people you talked to, it said they said it wasn't good. So... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. They didn't I didn't get that vibe. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think it's. It was flying to L.A. He was going to L.A. anyway to, I guess, do some outdoor testing. He was headed and for Vegas, obviously, the next race. So he's headed to the West Coast anyway. So I think they just moved his flight up a little bit to try to get some info earlier. But yeah. but all they know, um, you can actually see the clip. We posted the clip of the, well, not crash, but bending of the knee in that awkward direction. The link to it on Racer X today and. Uh, I don't know, man, it looks pretty ugly to me. You know, it's just not even a crash, just one of those weird things. But, yeah. ooh, it looks pretty awkward. Ah, yeah. Um, not uh, as awkward as those original CTI knee brace ads. Do you remember those? Yeah. yeah. How did they do that? Was it a dummy? No, 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 that was a real crash. Dave Castillo told me the story. I, I don't exactly remember it, but it was a real crash, but a fan sent it in. Like, just a, or just a guy sent, oh. randomly sent that photo in. Did you ever oh. see the Millsaps one? Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty bad, too. I don't think I saw that. When was that? I don't know when, but he was on an 80, I think. Oh, he's on yeah. an 80. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty pretty ugly. Oh. He's, like, absolutely disgusting. Like, it like, almost makes your stomach hurt. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's talk about Villapoto a little bit. Uh, Weege, um, he, he starts near the box, okay, which some people have been talking about as being a better starting location for him and he pulls this whole shot in the heat and honestly i don't know if I, we talked about this at, during the race or not but and i i know it's easy for me to say that this now but why can't when he that heat race i'm like this thing's over this is over like he just he was on his game yeah he was pulling a pretty big thing you know obviously we've seen him and there's some other really good riders out there and they can pull a gap but it was to me quicker than usual 
how quickly he was pulling out both there and, and really in the main event. Um, I think Hill tried to hang with him for a few laps here. Hill said that's what he was trying to do. He's like, if I just stay, the closer I stay to him, the better off I'd be if I want to finish on the podium. But it was still pretty impressive what he did. And I have to think that start straight, but the longest of the year, like that gate went back. There was barely any room to get the bikes loaded. There was probably 15 feet behind the gate to the wall of the stadium, and then it went all the way to the other end. Was that the longest of the year? Uh, I think we've had a few that, that went the length of the stadium, but I don't know. I don't wouldn't know the exact dimensions, but it was a football. I feel like it was like every inch of that, though. Yeah. Like the staging of well, the gate was even awkward. because There was a truck behind it, and there was some concrete, so it wasn't all the way back, but the, you know, they, did, they wanted to move the truck away from the stands. I would say the stadium is the longest one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that might have affected where where he decided to uh, pick his gate. I do not want you to be able to get credit for Villapoto changing his gate selection because of your advice. Just, just, just putting it out there, Wilbur. Uh, I tell you what, though, it, it, it's sorry, I didn't mean no, to jump go, in there, but if you look at that, they show the start in slow motion, mm-hmm. and I think it's a really good uh, way to show fans and people how much just chaos and how many little split second decisions go on on the start. Because it shows Bill Cotto get the whole shot, but there's all these people reacting to where he goes. He cuts people off, and there's all these little mm-hmm. things that go on on the start straight. I thought it was a really cool thing to show people that haven't ever done it how much there's going on just in that little start straight. People breaking and cutting over and yeah. all kinds of stuff. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people saw it last night, but people that are maybe go back and watch it again, it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, once you get your elbows on somebody, you're in command. You can control things. And everyone oh, has well, to, him and yeah, you know? him and Dungey are basically all up in each other. Like their elbows are inside each other's elbows. Yeah, for a good twenty to thirty feet. Then he cuts over on Roxon. Roxon gets into Stewart. I mean, it, there's all these chain reaction things that are, I think, a lot of people don't see because everything happens so quickly, and you're trying to watch twenty guys at once. So the, it's pretty cool. Like I, I was, I was actually interested in. It. I've done it, you know, a million times. So it's cool. There was a guy in the 250 heat race that got the start from the outside. On a Yamaha yep. two fifty something, I got to look it up and, and uh, check, check my notes. He got the jump on everybody and he jacked everyone up because he. I mean, no, not a great job by him. He just went to the you know he just moved to the inside, but everybody had to react to this guy getting the jump and pulling away from him and having the lead, and it really screwed things up, JT. So it's funny that you say that. I, I noticed that in this heat race from this guy. So yep, yeah. There's a lot of uh, you know a lot of. Like I said, chain reaction right. things. One guy can really uh, cause a lot of domino effects down the line. Wilbur. Yep. Why is RV so good? Uh, it's confidence. Why anybody's good is it's, it's confidence. He believes himself. Obviously, his program's working. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but, it requires belief no matter what you're doing. And not saying away from Obviously, he works his butt off. There's of course, nothing, yeah. Nothing short of that. Uh, it's a package. Obviously, the bike's working for him. He's working for him. No, no, no. That's not the answer I want. And you know what? When the track gets like it did last night, he always seems to shine. And what, what the answer I want, Wilbur, I don't want all this mumbo-jumbo stuff about this program and bike and confidence. Corner speed. Where is he fast? What's he? Where is he good at on the track? Okay, I saw him, I, I think it was first lap of the main, whole shot, mm-hmm. and then that – Three before the whoops, he threed it, and then he jumped like nine whoops in. <laughs> okay. first lap. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, I know they weren't big. They, yeah. they were never big all night, but no one had jumped into him at that point. Yeah. 
And I'm like, or at least not that far. Right. And he jumped like all the way in and out. And I'm like, huh, okay, well, he's gone. I mean, he, <laughs> he had whatever, like we just, guys, you guys just talked about, he had whatever yeah. four seconds first lap. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, he just, he's got his, it's working for him. He's got the, I don't know, that really good corner speed. Mm-hmm. When the track gets rough and rut, like rutted and, and, and rough and, and all that stuff, he's, he, he just navigates it and he navigates it well. Yeah, he's it's uh it's funny how we talk about him being his four time supercross champ, Wilbur, but I mean and to me I still think he's a better rider outdoors. I don't know. I mean he's he's got plenty of those titles, but you know, he's missed a couple seasons with injuries. Yeah. So he now has uh no, he's got one more outdoor title than an indoor title, right? He's got five nine titles total, why can't? Yeah, but I guess it's how do you win it? Because, you know it's Four fifty supercross versus two fifty outdoors. If that even makes a difference, right? I don't know. Right. I mean, they're, but they're both national titles, so it's hard to weigh them. But but the point is, like Wilbur said, Wilbur, you said the track when the track gets like that, ruddy, rough, uh, a little loose. Uh, I think that's where his outdoor skills shine, right? Yeah, no, they do. But I mean, it's safe to me to say he's one of the most well-rounded riders we've ever seen, as mm-hmm. far as yeah, tackling both, like. Yeah, maybe he is a better outdoor rider, but his supercross skill isn't very far off. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, just it's hard to say somebody's a better outdoor rider when you've won four supercross titles in a row. Yeah, I know, I know, but, but yeah, totally. I know, but I just feel like. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm just saying right. it, it's really hard to make that argument. Yeah, I just feel like he crushes them outdoors if he's there. Yeah, you and, know? and, and I'm with you there. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. He steers with the rear end. You know, he's throttle happy, perfect outdoor guy. But yeah, he's uh. He's there. Um, let's talk a little bit, Wilbur, about your teammate, Eli Tomac. Um, I talked to him after the race. Look, we know he's not been happy with the bike. He's gone back and forth a few times. He seems to be settled on the factory Honda and testing with that. But it's not a coincidence, Will, that Seattle, Indy, and now New York, three of his best rides, and look at the tracks and those conditions, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, he's another rider that when it's rugged, it, it suits him, right? I mean, mm-hmm. He likes to be a little bit more raw um, from what I've seen and, and, and learned over the years. And the same with Ryan. I think that they just show a little bit more of a raw ride style and um, able to adapt to it. Right. Kind of everything happen. Yeah, he's uh, he's just maybe a little more uh, able to lean off the back a little bit and gas a little bit more, maybe a little more throttle happy, do you think? Yeah, just take chances and stuff like that. I mean, I just don't think – I mean, it's, it's easy for all of us to uh, to tense up and rut and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. they're, I mean, they're both – Outdoor champions and uh, and stuff like that. Like you said, I mean, I don't want to completely credit to that, but for some reason, in the ruts, stuff like that, like you guys, very talented in that stuff. And as far as when it's muddy and, and all that, um, he always excels. Hey, can you try to talk more into your phone a little bit, or is that what is that what you're? Why are you trying to be quiet for some reason, or? Do I sound quiet? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'm just always searching for audio perfection on this thing. We deal with this this argument every week. See. <laughs> He's trying to make us something we're not. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. All right, JT, so this is a little weird. Hill got third. Great ride by him. Fantastic ride. Um, he got let go by the RCH team after he, yeah, St. Louis. They told him they're not taking him outdoors and replaced him with Weston Pike. Um, but, like, Kerry Hart and him are broing down on Instagram and – carries on the podium he's not hill's not mentioning ricky carmichael by name at all which makes it seem like he i don't think he ever has 
in the Racer X interview on on the race itself. So it seems pretty obvious where there's a little bit of friction on that team over Hill getting let go, huh? It seems like from the outside looking in that, yes, that I, and I don't know, I'm purely going off of the evidence that I've seen. Yeah, no, we're just. That, that yeah. Ricky Ricky was a deciding factor in that deal. We've seen Denny Stevenson be very outspoken. We've seen Josh Hill not mention, he mentioned everyone but Ricky. Yeah. As far as, you know, who wanted to thank. Um, so, yeah, it just seemed like that there was definitely uh, a dis, you know, maybe a disagreement on opinion of whether Hill should be on the team outdoors or not. And, yeah. you know, Ricky was obviously uh, very happy about him getting on the podium last night, but everything else kind of pointed to that. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, it is conspicuous by his absence, um, uh, saying the name. Although what is weird, I know last year, every year that Hill comes back to that team, He's had so many injuries and things like that that there's always a question mark when they bring him back. And Lino last year talking to Carmichael when he came on board, and then they did afterwards still decide to keep Hill. Uh, he definitely sounded like he was in his corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to say in the past that he seemed like he had his back. Um, I will say, though, it's, it would be easy in this case to say, like, that's jacked up, you know, to drop a rider. You said you were going to take him outdoors. That's terrible. Um, but... Obviously, someone made the decision for some reason. I have to say, I mean, Hill has barely ridden outdoors at all. I mean, he's ridden outdoors even less than how many few Supercross races he's gotten in over the last couple of years. And he always seemed a lot better uh, at Supercross than outdoors. I mean, I think he only even has a podium or two ever um, outdoors where he has a win and a bunch of podiums in 450 Supercross. So I have to say that I don't know how the contract was that they really – if they really had to, if it was just really mean and they really sliced it in half. But in general, I could see how if you're making the business decision and you're trying to figure out results mm-hmm. and you've got Pike on one end and him on the other, it sounds horrible as a person to do that to a guy. But in a business, I could see how someone would be like, mm, if we have the chance to take this guy, I think he's going to get better results, and that's all I'm concerned with. Yeah. So um, it's easy to just say that that's a dick move, obviously. It has that in it. Yeah, yeah. But I could also see why someone would do it, as, as much as I like Hill. Uh, JT, does does Hill get third if he's not getting let go? Like, do you think that had anything to do with motivation or, you know, effort or, or anything like that this weekend? Yeah. I'm going to say no. I mean, I, I, mean, I feel like because yeah. I don't think it ever weighed on me. So I, that's basically what I'm going off of. You, every time you go out there, you're going to try as hard as you can. If you get a good start, right. things go your way. I, I just don't think that guys go out there and like, oh, I'm, I think, I, yeah, I'm going to try today. I'm going to try today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that happens. Yeah. So, um, I, I, there's always going to be people that speculate and say, oh, contract this and that. But I really don't think so. I think he got in a really good situation. He got a good start finally. He felt comfortable on the track and he, he rode well. I, and I just think that would have happened in any situation. I think his riding was on the rise, too, before mm-hmm. the... That's, that's almost, to me, what made the decision even stranger. At the beginning of the year, he was... I thought he would come in really strong with what he did in Australia, but then he had some injuries, and then he was even missed a race, and he was really struggling, and then he was starting to turn it around. He won that heat race a couple of weeks ago, and just when you were really starting to see it coming together, that's when the news came that they were dropping him. So I feel like he was on a upward swing already, mm-hmm. not related to that. Well, good for Hill, for sure. Um... You know, obviously, yeah, it's it's uh, third place. Got to be pretty pumped on that. His comeback from the backflip is 
maybe complete now. You know what I mean? As far as like, uh, you don't know, he struggles with injury, this and that. Uh, this this pretty much stamps it that he you know he can go out there and he can run top five or or whatever if he gets a start and if he's feeling good that that day. So, I mean, I think his future employment, Wilbur, uh, seems pretty good. This is this is a good step. should touch on Villapoto racing outdoors a little bit here. Um, told me after oh, the yeah. told me after the race he will be there. This is a very strange right. situation, and I'm not sure what to How think of this. He, like this is, it was really weird. We interviewed a bunch of us. Interviewed him after the race too, and Steve Cox asked him point blank, "Are you racing the nationals?" He paused and then he said yes, and then he said, "He said, have you heard anyone say that I'm not?" And we're like, "Well, actually, we've heard a ton of people say you're not." And then he's like, well, those are just idiots on Vital that don't know anything. But that is true. Obviously, there are some fans reacting to rumors, but I don't feel like that rumor started out of thin air. No, no. There there has been almost two weeks of opportunity for people that would know to deny this. And we get blown out when we say stuff like this. And it's, heck, we get blown out even when it is true. But if it wasn't true, you know, we have not heard from Villapoto or anyone involved in Villapoto or Kawasaki from leading up to Seattle through now, since this news has been out, saying, where did you get that from? That is absolutely not true. Here's a picture of him testing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just been silence. So it's I, really strange that he, he threw that out there, like point blank said, yes, I'm racing. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. I was told by someone, you know, close to the team that we're going to hear something real soon about his status and what they're going to do. Um. I know from talking to people north of the border, you know, they're they're getting Josh Hill and then and they're losing Brett Metcalf to Factory Cowie. So like where does all this stuff go like this is just one massive conspiracy? I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's strange. But maybe there was yeah. some decision made, you know, this week about, about R V and it, it, he was out and they decided like, ah, let's try to see if we can keep going or something or maybe there was a an incentive put in for R V or or I don't know, but there's no chance that we just made this out of thin air. There's just no chance. Um, I asked our also, also he would be he would be the only rider that I have can possibly think of that's healthy that hasn't been testing outdoors. I can't think of one other one that's racing the outdoor championship that hasn't. There hasn't been any video evidence. I haven't heard of anyone yeah. seen him, talked to him, anyone that he he's has got tested outdoors one time. Yeah, he's got a two race lead in the points. He's He's basically got to roll around to clean, roll around to clean doors, hurting yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's a little weird. Also, yeah. I mean, I, he's. I feel like he's always been upfront about stuff. Yeah, okay? when he, he's he doesn't have a reputation for being shady about things. You know, when he's hurt, he tells he's hurt. He's out. Um, 
You know, there's other guys, I mean, we've talked about it a million times on here, you know, reasons you might want to cover up an injury, you know, but that's, when you're at his level, you're making money, you don't need to cover things up to get a deal for next year or to keep a sponsor hat. Like, he's usually very upfront. Like, it would be strange, I think, for him to say point blank yes and then two weeks later just say no. Like, it's just not his style, I don't feel. And, and, I, and I had a text message conversation with him a little while ago um, about it, and he, he danced around it. He just wanted to know where I heard it from, where what was going on, what what do I know? And I said, well, just are you racing? And he just he, who told you this? What are you talking? Like, he did not say yeah. he was racing. This was a text message two weeks ago, you know, or whatever. And we went back and forth. So maybe something's changed from all those rumors and all our top reports, or maybe, just maybe, he's not doing them, and and we'll we'll know more. They can easily put out a press release saying we did some more uh, research and look into his knee issue and we've decided to pack it in. I don't know, but there's no way all this smoke and these Canadian teams talking about this and it's not just all made up. You see what we got to deal with, Wilbur? You see what we have to deal with? Kind of tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough life right now. What's that? It's rough. It's yeah, rough. no, totally. So, well, we'll see what happens. So, as of right now, he says he's in. So, that's, uh, that's good. That's that's a good thing, no doubt about it. Although, if Stu's hurt, oh, man, I don't know. But You know what? Uh, I feel like when as soon as Stu pulled off, obviously we knew about the Rilopoto rumors, and it wasn't until after the race that he was saying point blank that he is racing. Mm-hmm. So, I think, like, all along people were thinking he was out. Then you see Stewart go out. And I think immediately, I heard people making the joke that Dungey had won the 450 outdoor title before Villapoto clinched the Supercross title, <laughs> because we saw Villapoto and Stewart out two years ago, and Dungey rolled pretty good. But there are a lot of guys that are racing outdoors 450 that weren't there two years ago when Stu and Villapoto were out. Yeah, um, there's still quite a bit of talent um, in that in that group. I mean, yeah, I, I made a joke I, about Tony Alessi on the phone canceling his Canadian plane tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Cancel yeah. them all. They're all done. No, we're going to Hangtown. So that was April Fools. That was a joke. Right, right, right. Um. Oh, by the way, the uh, BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. BTOSports.com proud sponsors of Andrew Short and Matt Gerke over there on the BTO Sports KTM team. And uh, how did how did Shorty do this weekend, JT? What'd you get from him? Uh, he was all right. He he rode uh, he rode pretty well at the beginning, but um, kind of done the same thing a few times where he's in the battle, then they kind of get him all at once, mm-hmm. and then he loses touch with them, and he's kind of in his own race. So mm-hmm. I know he's a little bit frustrated. He said he didn't feel real comfortable with the track deteriorating on him, and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why he was good at the beginning, and then got worse. Well, um, if he, if he so, need- not the end of the world, but if- not great. If he needed to uh, do something with tires, he could have gone to BTOSports.com and looked at some new tires because they got tire sales okay. going on. I'll let him know. Yep. I'll let him know. Pulpa Max is the code. Uh, anything you need, even OEM parts, they carry them over there at BTOSports.com. And uh, this weekend, Dungy and Roxon Rand then debuted the NYC Given Limited Edition 360 race where Instinct Boots Airspace Goggles. For more information on the Fox Racing Limited Edition NYC given products. Head to your local authorized Fox dealer or foxhead.com. Uh, we saw some some cool stuff from those guys. And, of course, Vegas uh, this weekend, Thursday, May 1st, 630 to 730. Come meet Ricky Carmichael, Kerry Hart, and Jeff Emig 
at the uh, Fox Las Vegas Outlet Store, uh, which is uh, 7400 Las Vegas Boulevard, uh, Suite 58A. Go meet those guys, and uh, we thank you for listening to this podcast. So listen to this commercial from Race Tech to save yourself some money on suspension. I know you jerkies listening to this need suspension work uh, of some sort. So uh, listen to this and uh, use the code PulpMX14 to save yourself at Racetech.com. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blose, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech suspension, and they've been along, around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people. At least uh, change your oil in your new bike. And use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do it yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race tech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome back. Geico Honda's Will Hahn joins Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, and myself on the uh, BTO Sports Fox Racing Racer X podcast, New York City wrap-up. Um, we haven't talked too much about the field. Wilbur, by far, uh, Barsha, Rocks, and Dungey battle was the most exciting thing of the night in the 450 class. Uh, without a doubt. It was awesome, was right? I, I saw a whip in the face, a tear-off thrown. <laughs> um, I saw a look-back. I, I, I saw a look-back. Yeah, I saw yep. a look-back, throw, tear-off throwback, um, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Uh, it was good racing. I mean, I mean, for the most part, all night. I mean, I, I can guarantee all of us sitting there, any other stadium throughout the year, that much rain all day long, mm-hmm. and you told us that that racing was going to be that good that night and not slick or not, you know, puddly or however you, I mean, however you want to look at it, to tell us it would have been that good, the track would have actually held together really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was shocked. I thought that the, the track held up great. We got a lot of rain, and yeah. the racing was still awesome. Yeah, no, it was. It was a great race. I'm surprised, though, why again. Like, Dunge, Dunge got a bit rattled, like unlike Dunge. Yep. You know? Yeah, he had like a bad. All of a sudden, there were like two laps that really fell apart. He got passed, and then he went down. Yeah, it was really, yeah, really strange. Although that battle was kind of weird. I mean, each of those three guys, I feel like, were hot and cold at different times. Like, didn't Barsha get passed by both at one point, and then like five laps later yeah. came to pass them back? Like, yep. You know, normally guys are if a guy's faster at one point, they they continue at that pace. But it was like you you were taking that race in two and three last segments of. Oh well, this is the best of those three guys. Oh no, no, this guy is the best. Oh no, it was really strange. I don't know if that was the track, like leading to mistakes or what, but uh, they each had their moments, good and bad. Yeah, uh, uh, Barsha told me he screwed up the uh, three before the whoops, and mm-hmm. they and everybody got him back a little bit from that. But um, let me just check. I was checking something on the plane this morning. Let me just double check. I gotta say, it makes while you're looking at that, it really makes hills. Um, Podium, I think, a little more impressive because, yes, those guys started way back a lot of with that chain reaction stuff that JT was talking about at the start. But, dude, like, 
a lot of the guys on the track were by themselves, but the three guys behind Hill were raging. And they didn't chop off as much as you might have thought. Like, they were pushing each other so hard. Yeah. And they did make up some ground on him. But, I mean, he held his ground pretty good. It wasn't That podium wasn't handed to him. Those guys were really going for it. No, I uh, I thought I thought he was going to uh, – I thought they were going to reel in Hill. Wilbur, what would you think? I did too, but, I mean, not to discount the ride at all, but uh, they, they didn't all get together until that 14, mm-hmm. you know, 12. Uh, there's not much time left in the race. Uh, so, I mean, it was definitely a good battle, and I, and I you know, whatever, I thought they would catch up too. And, and Hill actually, I thought, pulled back up on Eli a little bit at the end. Um, so – it was something to me that's uh, it's tough because I you know you always think that you know a guy like Barsha or or whatever or you know they're gonna for sure go to the front quickly and then I saw all of a sudden like you guys said like also okay, can he pass both them back I'm like huh, yeah okay yeah and then all of a sudden Dungeon's Dungeon's in the lead of them and then Barsha's in the lead of them I'm like well what's going on here because like, like you guys said normally once a guy gets an edge it, it kind of it just kind of goes with their favor and mm-hmm. it kind of starts rolling with them and, and that's the way it goes but. Yeah, I don't know. Saturday night uh, back to I just checked. Yeah, this is what I was checking on. Barsha did have the second fastest lap time of the night. So um, it, it did look like at times that he was hauling, but he didn't at times too. He made some mistakes. So, um, so yeah, it was a it was an interesting race. I saw one of the JGR guys after the race, Wygant, and I said, "Hey, I I think you made it through the day without you know changing something on Nicoletti's bike from crashing." And he said, "Oh no, first practice, bars and subframe or something." I'm like, oh damn, because Filthy went out and got a twelfth, which I didn't see him hit the ground all. I didn't. I missed that when he hit the ground, but no, they had to. They had to change something. Yeah, yeah, they, they've had a few good jokes over that, but uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to drive Filthy into the ground here. But yeah, there's been some crashes throughout. This is this definitely best. He said what screwed him up. He thinks he could have got tenth. He said the blue flag came out, and remember Weimer and and Kennard were down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the first turn or first lap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he said he got all confused, and I think Grant was battling with him but a lap behind. He says he got all confused, the blue flag came out, and he didn't know who the guys that were lapping him were. He assumed, oh, there's Kennard. He's probably up front. Uh, I better start moving over. And then he totally yeah. screwed up his race because half the guys that he was battling with were actually on the same lap as him. So he was kind of bummed that he thought he maybe could have got a tenth, but... Uh, Blue. That's what happens when good guys are in the back. Blue flags are tricky, Wilbur. Right? I don't know. Did you they get are. many? I don't think you got many this year, but you would have. Had, I'm sure at some point. I mean, yeah, in my career. There's definitely been plenty of outdoor races where I've been, you know, just crushing it in 21st and getting uh, <laughs> that. So, uh, yeah, no, it hasn't happened this year. But you know, it, it is tough. It's it's a, it's a tough line to walk because you're, you're there and you're like, well, I'm still racing for position, and then at the same time. I really don't want to mess up anybody's race, you know. So yeah, uh, it's, it's always tough. You know, it'll it'll never be an easy thing. But at the same time, you know, I've been the guy on both sides. I've been the guy that doesn't want to mess him up. But I've been the guy coming through like, Dude, "What are you doing? Get out of my way, please!" Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, JT uh, Fly Racing's own Trey Kennard, uh, dead last to tenth uh, or ninth, quietly a pretty good ride. Yeah, and he crashed again. Uh, he yeah. was last, then crashed again. Same turn. And it, yeah. Yeah, same turn. Then took off again and took a ninth, um, which I think everyone would agree Trey is capable of a lot more than ninth. So he wasn't real happy with the ride afterwards. And, you know, I think he was just frustrated that he probably was riding pretty well, but, you know, has nothing to show for it. So 
Whatever, I, it wasn't the end of the world, but, I, you know, it's just frustrating when you, I think he, he had more in the tank. You know, he won his heat race and, and probably was expecting a, a good result, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, but, I mean, what are you going to do? You fell twice. Still, good ride. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think he was just, you know, frustrated with the result. You know, it's, it yeah. happens. It's racing, but, you know, I think he felt like he, he had something to give, and those are the nights you want to, you know, capitalize on it. So, um, And Wygant, Jason uh, – uh, J- why again? Uh, Jake Weimer, welcome back to racing. Uh, you're going to go down in the uh, fourth turn and be dead last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I feel like he rode pretty good. He did. Through. I was yeah. really surprised uh, when I looked at the results thing because it really with that lap situation, it was hard to figure out who was where. I thought, the end, I was like, wow. I thought Grant was on the lead lap. I was impressed. I did not realize Grant was – I thought Grant – I never saw him went off. He went over a berm, I guess, at some point. I had no idea. I thought Grant was in that pack the whole time. So. He was yeah, in the mechanic exactly. area. It well, was confusing. Oh, he's in mechanics area, JT. Yes. Okay. See, I need to pay more attention, Wilbur, to these races. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll be the fixes until you say your job. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Good point. Uh, Tony Archer. That's probably his first ever main event, right? Anyone? Yes, definitely. Good job for Tony Archer. Home race too. Again, if you. Oh, and what about the Candyman, Ronnie Stewart? Yep. Unbelievable. Very unhappy with Weston Pike. Fans. Man. Yeah, Ronnie and Weston got into it. That's I saw that. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie, the Candyman doesn't want anything to do with anything Weston Pike, I, I don't think. Yeah, I think he was he, – and I think rightfully so. Weston got pretty aggressive with him when they were both in. He did. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I could understand Ronnie's anger, but I was kind of like, eh, you might want to – you might want to do that. <laughs> hey, Candyman. Like, what, yeah. what, what, why were they, those his fans all wearing Candyman shirts? I think he would have taken your candy. Weston was ready to take his candy. Wilbur, do you know why everyone calls Ronnie Stewart the Candyman? I do not. Okay. No one seems to know. Team Dirt Candy Graphics. It's got to be it. It's what? His team is Dirt Candy Graphics. Okay. Dirt Candy. Okay, Dirt Candy. That would be my theory. Maybe that's why he went after Weston. He knew that he had – I mean, there was a whole section. You could literally see the yellow 606 shirts in mm-hmm. one area. Yep. And another area had a giant sheet with 606 spray-painted on. I mean, he lives really close to the stadium. He's in Pennsylvania, but it's really well, close. So maybe that's why he was so like ballsy with Pike. He knew people out of his back. I felt like the Candyman had a bigger crowd presence than the Ripper. Right? That's impossible. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. There was a banner, a 606 banner. <laughs> like, you know, you just don't see that. So, the Candyman. Um, yeah. All right, let's uh, – anything else on 450s, guys? Or want to move to 250s? Can we move to good. 250s? Sure. Um, Wil- Wilbur, you're the you're – the, you're the, what is he, Weege? Assistant editor? Editor-in-chief? Yeah, I'm, I'm the guest, dude. I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm just He's wondering. a guest. We gotta, we gotta treat him. We gotta buy him food and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you like gotta have hospitality, but I mean, I'm still an idiot, so don't ask my opinion. All right, let's go to two fifties. Uh, heartbreak for Martin Davalos, Wilbur. Right? I mean, obviously, Bogle's your buddy, but sweet Jesus, if there's any, if there's just any reason to think that you know you're cursed or you're whatever, Martin Davalos, that was a bad deal. No, without a doubt. I mean, obviously. You know, uh, Justin's a close friend and also a teammate. So, for me, I'm rooting for him till till the end, no matter what. But you know, Martin and I go way back as well. So it's been that yeah. uh, 
you, you never wish that upon anyone. And it's something that's a freak deal. And I was playing with my, my dad the other day. You know, it's, it's funny because, I mean, our bikes at this level never get overlooked, no matter what. I right. don't care what team you're on. They don't get overlooked. But if you have a ridden plate on your bike and you're going for a title and there's two rounds left, you, I can assure you that, you know, nothing was overlooked on that bike. Um, oh, it's just, yeah. Just a, it's just one of those things. It's just like, how do you, how do you prevent that? How do you, it just, it just happens. And it's one of those things that it, it crushes you inside because you know how hard, obviously Martin worked hard for that deal. And, and, and it's something that, um, obviously, like you said, it's just not meant to be. And it's, oh. it's, a, it's a crappy thing, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, a couple months ago I was visiting Justin in the hospital the day of his crash, uh, mm-hmm. from our, from our test track. And, it didn't. We didn't even think that he would be back. You know, we'd be, you know, happy that he'd be on the gate at Glen Helen. So, for me, it's something that um, it's humbling because you know I've been I've been on both sides of it, and, and he's been there for me, and I've been there for him, and uh, to see him come through with this and see him have this year that he's had is something that's, I mean, it's special. It look he was so out of it that Geico hired a replacement rider for him, and then exactly. the replacement rider got hurt, <laughs> and Bogle made it. So. That's how much he was expected to not race Supercross this year. Um, yeah, dude, it was ugly. I mean, I went to the hospital that night. Like I said, I was I was straight there from mm-hmm. finished testing, and I went there and and saw him and his prognosis and everything and the state that he was in. And I'm like, man, this is you know. And again, I've, I've been in that side of the, in the bed and everything, and the, and the broken back and and all this stuff. And it's just it was it was really hard for for me to see because you know obviously he had goals and. He was ripping. He was on point, and everything was going his way. And it's something that it's always tough to see that. And uh, I don't know, like you said, yeah. I replaced the guy. There was no expectation. He was just happy to, to get off the line at Dallas. Like in that main event at Dallas, he was probably just pumped to, to go off that gate drop, regardless if he did a 15 last or if he got right. a fourth, a fifth, a third, a win, like whatever. He was pumped. So, um, like I told him, told him a couple uh, weeks ago or so, I was like, dude, if I had told you. Two months ago, or three months ago, that you'd have been leading the championship point going to Vegas, you'd have laughed at me. So yeah. this is something that is so awesome. Well, look, and it's look, going into this year, the kid had a couple of third place podiums, uh, a lot of injuries. You know, there were some maturity issues on the track. Um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't gonna he was gonna miss Supercross this year. Uh, go into outdoors, you know, maybe behind the the eight ball a little bit because he was hurt. Like there was a real question of. Can Bogle become, you know, a major player in the sport? And he hadn't done it, and he hadn't been able to do it. And what a turnaround! He's good. He's the 250 East Coast Supercross champion with two wins, maybe maybe more. And you know, he's going in with confidence, and he's now got the flow and 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 like looking great on a bike. And like, I just what a career turnaround, Wilbur. Absolutely, you know what? It stems from his work ethic. Mm-hmm. He's not scared to work hard. Uh, and you can't dig yourself out of a hole like that and be in the hospital bed and come back and win a championship without that. Uh, and, you know, there's always been people with naysayers that said that this guy wasn't healthy or that guy wasn't healthy. But at the end of the day, um, there's never any championship that's won. You have to be on the track, like me right now. Like, yeah, uh, and I wasn't going for a championship, but I'm saying, like, you know, um, I'm not finishing the series. And, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of guys that, that aren't finishing the series, so... It's something that you have to be able to put yourself there every weekend, like RV and like Bogle is, and 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 all these guys. It's something that it's 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 a tough thing to do. We're always pushing the limits, but like I told him, man, there's nothing that can take away from you because you put yourself there every weekend. I thought it was a complete joke. I thought it was just a joke that okay, Bogle is winning this title. He has it clinched, 
Martin Davalos has casts on, maybe a pin. Give him the number one plate in New York. Give it to him for the show. For the That's show. Ridiculous. For the show, Wygant. We're in New That's York. Ridiculous. Oh, who? You clinch the title when the mass says you clinch the title. Martin Davalos is not racing. He is jacked up. He's not racing. Give him the number one plate. Have the ceremony. Give him the, the champagne shower and everything. You clinch it when you clinch it. This argument started. You're denying this now. This argument started in St. Louis, 2010. Lopoto crashes, breaks his leg, and you're like, he's being carted off. It's over. He's not going to race the next weekend. Dungey's a champ. Well, Dungey's a champ when the points say he's a champ. You're not going to go off doctor's notes and casts and should we call Davalos as doctor and be like, you're absolutely sure. You're absolutely sure, right? Because we're going to hand over a title that he's not mathematically eliminated from. You're sure you're sure. Like, is that what we're supposed to go by? Make it a show, man. We're here for a show. And make it a show. Give him the number one plate. Martin Davalos is not racing next weekend. Vegas is not a bad place to do that. It's going to be overshadowed by uh, every, the, the West Coast series and the shootout and everything else. New York City, the premier uh, Supercross of the season, uh, the first time in New York. Give the kid the you plate. Clinch when you clinch. Give the kid the plate. JT? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a bummer. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do, though, right? I mean, oh, thanks for that. Com- thanks for that compelling argument. What are you, what are you going to do? What are you yeah, gonna do? I mean, <laughs> I mean injury is a part of it. It's just, what give, do you want to do? Give him the plate. That's what I want. Give him the plate. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Sorry. Ridiculous. Uh, hey, Wilbur, I was going to ask, um, seeing that Vogel, and obviously you know him better than us, but you know I, I've been around the guy a little bit here and there. He just seems like the type of dude where he doesn't seem – well, he told me, like, I was like, what was this week like? And he's like, I, he's like, I wasn't – you know, I don't go to dirt bike websites every day and hit the refresh button anyway. Like, I knew what was going on, but I'm just trying to approach it like whatever. He doesn't seem like a guy that gets super caught up in – stuff and and maybe that helps him like this is a weird situation but it seemed like he did a good job like not letting the pressure get to him that seems like one of his strengths i would think that he kind of keeps it light no totally and then that's that's one of his traits you know like he like he said he didn't get caught up in it he's not on the, on the forums but obviously there's no way you can be in this kind of you know title chase and and not know that the, the circumstance and like hey it's kind of in your lap right now you know and then there's a pressure all of a sudden that you haven't felt yet because you were just thankful that you're in the title um, and then all of a sudden it's kind of in your lap, but at the same time, like that was a, that was a championship ride Saturday night. End of story. I mean, yeah. you, you went out there, you didn't have to win, you just had to get points. You know, you had to get you had to get ten, basically. You know, at the end of the day, and you went out, you fought for it, you won. Like that. That to me, and I, I walked up to him on the plate. I'm like, dude, that was that was the ride of a champion. No doubt about it. You didn't have to win, and you did. Yeah, we we do this little pre race podcast thing, Wilbur. Before the race, Wygant was too busy promoting New Jersey trails down on the oh, po- yeah. down on the podium, uh, getting interviewed live by uh, Lurch. But yep. J- JT sat in on it, and um, I didn't think Bogler would win. I-, I figured he'd be a little bit nervous, and like, dude, literally, he could probably roll around and get fifth. You know what I mean? Uh, it's slippery, it's rainy. Like, just get your fifth place, get your number of points, and you know, with with the lack of depth in that class, I, I have pretty confident saying Bogle could-, could get a fifth with an eye closed, but no, no, no. Oh, no. Justin went out there, and he stamped it. A great ride. He did, and then I think it, just, it's, it goes back to the confidence thing. It's like that. Like he, and he, and he, he genuinely wants it, and 
I don't think you can take that away from him. No, that's awesome. Give him the plate, though, Wilbur. Right? I felt I felt pretty stupid not thinking. Just, he's just better than those guys. Even if you're nervous, he's just better. You know, I, I should have yeah. known he would. Yeah. When you I look, felt stupid. I felt stupid like after the first lap, and it's like, man, what was I thinking? Like, well, he no, no, nervous. he's just a lot better. No, no, he's not a lot better than Jeremy Martin, who we thought. Look would, at the results. We thought Jeremy Martin would win. You know, tell me the results. Tell me the results. And, and then get yeah, back. I don't know what's going on with Jeremy Martin. We don't know what's going on with Jeremy Martin, but he's definitely underperforming. But he's not a lot better than Jeremy Martin. But everybody else, yes. He has been all year. I know, but we just something's up with Jeremy Martin. We don't know. So Yeah, well, I would I, say I, a lot better. Something being up with him relates to the weekend. What what'd you say, Will? I said I would say a lot better because I, I watched Bogle have to double the triple and double the rhythm section and Jeremy get up close and then him pull out another couple yeah. seconds out the last lap. Yeah. No. Yeah, Bogle was like top five the first few races. Jeremy Martin was watching Bogle get top five. Uh, I think I think he's a lot better. All right. Well, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna really rue those words when when you don't talk kindly of Jeremy Martin. There's there is backlash. I'm not. Talk, I'm, not I'm not bagging on Jeremy Martin. I just think that Justin Bogle is going to be the champion for a reason. I think Jeremy Martin is where Jeremy Martin is in points for a reason. So, mm-hmm. and you know, when we go to Glen Helen, I think that story may change, and they'll be on a much more even playing field, but, I mean, you can't argue with the results. It's been seven or eight races yep. now. Jeremy Martin being 12th in the points, though, is a massive shocker. No, yeah, for sure, absolutely. I had him, he was one of my title favorites. Right. You know, so. mm-hmm. What'd you say, Will? I just felt like, like last year he really came on strong. Um, there was, like, the last two laps of Daytona, I thought that he would pass me. Uh, the, the kid was strong last year. Yeah. I, and, and, I mean, as all of us did, we did expect more out of him. And not that he's riding terrible. We just all had a lot more expectations out of the kid. Do you think Wilbur maybe Star just, just, just tells him to go home at the end of the year, just even though he's got a contract? Do you know anything about that? Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be the first time I told someone that, right? I mean, <laughs> but... <laughs> I think at the end of the year they're going to tell everyone to go home, right? <laughs> Wouldn't it be the first time that someone had a had a, another year left under D.O. Wilbur, and then they just were told they weren't welcome back. Go ahead and you know just go ahead and take some bench, you know. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, it, it, it's it's a hard place to be in, right? And yeah. you're expected to do something, and and uh, especially with the year he had last year. I know he got hurt during the East, but I mean he was still really fast. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. He had lots of speed. He was there on the weekends and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't envy the the, the talks, the, the team meetings. No, no. But the soothing, oh, ha- wow. the soothing hand of Bobby Reagan. You're not, you're not thinking. No, of... I, I would imagine it's not too friendly. <laughs> Who had Bob's? Uh, Bob's tough to in those scenarios. It's 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 uh, it can be tough to deal with. <laughs> the caring, nurture Bobby Reagan. Yeah. yeah. Who had Troll outpointing Jeremy with one round left? Anyone? <laughs> troll. Yeah, besides Troll. Troll, put your hand down. Uh, besides Troll. Um, wow. Uh, hey, uh, Bishaglia did good, Wilbur. He's had an up-and-down yeah. season. A, a fourth at Indy, uh, a couple of sixths, but uh, he rode well in uh, in New York. Yeah, he rode good all night, especially the main event. Like, he came out firing, uh, was riding good, was aggressive, got to the lead. and I mean, I, I watched him stall in that uh, elevated corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, didn't get he was too late to work back forward at that point. Everyone had kind of settled in. I think he he was too. So 
Uh, it was just tough. I said tough track, but still a great result. Mathis, were you nervous whenever he was winning? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, whatever. No? Would have been a great a great job by you. Why would I get nervous? It was. I picked him. I picked him just randomly. I just picked him to win the main event. Well, yeah. and he was out front, and I was like, oh, man, it's on now. I picked the gully to be a sleeper, and he was – what was the gully at one point? Uh, he was last. No, gully – no, there was a gully, like, way up there. Yeah, but that was the wrong gully. We don't know and if it was the wrong gully. We don't know it. Qualify. We don't know if it was the wrong gully. I do. Yeah, I do. Number ninety-three, uh, which qualified. He qualified sixteenth. Uh, number three eighty-five is his twin brother. He qualified twenty-eighth. You picked the one that qualified sixteenth. He did not make the main event. First of all, it's not three eighty-five. Fill you in on those details that you think nobody it, knows. Oh, it's three eighty-six. So you got that wrong. Okay. Well, the the one that is number ninety-three now used to be three eighty-five. My my apologies. He, oh, the one gully changes number by one digit. Well, they were three eighty five and three eighty six. Oh, oh, oh! I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wear their track. They you wear... just pick a gully, thinking that that gives you two shots at a sleeper. You, no, he picked odd. the one that got sixteenth. I, I, I made picked, very sure of this. I picked the gully for a sleeper pick. He was yeah, he was good qualifier. So, I like the gully's move of walking the track with their gear on. I'm, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> I like that. Wilbur, you should look into that. I, I, I can't. Um, hey, uh, I was impressed with Catanzaro, man. He was out cold or something. Restarted the race. Guy makes the main event and then uh, goes on to finish uh, uh, 13th. But, I mean. If, if he was out cold, Eddie Casillas is going to be on your case. Whatever he was. You know that. Yeah, okay, maybe it wasn't out cold. Whatever it was. Red flag because of him. Got up. Made it to the line for the LCQ with a shitty gate pick. Made it through the LCQ, then got 13th in the in the main event. Props to the the cat, Catanzaro. I thought that was good. Good job by him. Uh, what happened? I've been impressed with him all year, just to touch on that. Yeah. I, I remember at St. Louis during the day in practice, the rhythm section I actually crashed in, he was like the first guy to bust that out and, and into the race line that we were doing all night. Mm-hmm. And me, I was watching him all day, and he was the first one to like wheel tap that big jump um, before the triple. So... For me, it was something that like I was watching him all day. Like, man, I'm impressed by this kid all day long. Yeah. At the same time, um, you know, I think if you red flag the heat race, uh, to me, it's you. You need to you need to go back to the truck. Wow. There. Yeah. It's, it's not the first time I've heard me, that. That's me, that's me being real. If you, if it's bad enough that you red flag the race, yeah, it's back to the truck. You can't go back to the gate. Sorry. Well, that's no. The way it is. No, he didn't go back to the it gate for the last the, chance. He didn't go to the uh, oh, back what? to the gate for the LC. He he, he missed My the bad. heat. But are you saying he should be done for the night, no matter what, or kinda? I mean, in my mind, if it's bad enough to red flag, it, it's bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Um, what do you think, JT? Do you think that that's – is Wilbur right? Is it crazy? Yeah, I, I think yes and no. Um, I think there's been instances where there's uh, people caught stuck in bikes and all kinds of weird things that can go on. Yes. I don't, I'm, I'm a little bit scared of blanketing it because there could be a situation where, like, oh, I just couldn't get this bike off me, but I'm fine. And then, yeah. yeah, you're done for the night, but you're totally fine. You know, it just was a weird deal. And they've gotten a little, I don't want to say trigger happy because I think they're doing it for the right reasons. But the red flag is definitely comes out more easily than it used to. So I get scared of making policy. But uh, there, I do agree that there's been times where a guy probably shouldn't race, but he caused a red flag and goes back out there. So mm-hmm. I definitely think that they maybe – have to have to use judgment sometimes, but it, it certainly has happened where I'm like, eh, I don't know if he should be out there. Premature red flag ejaculation. 
no, I'm not touching that. Okay, all right. Not me either. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Wygant. Yep. Vince Freeze. Vince Freeze. Yeah. Third place. Yeah. Great job, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost bummed for him because he wanted a podium bad all year, and he was in the hunt for it, race after race. And now he gets this one, and I think, unfortunately, people are going to be able to chalk it up to, well, yeah, but there are only three factory riders, and look what happened to this guy, and look what happened to that guy, and these guys didn't even race. But he was in the hunt, like, all year long. He really hasn't even had a bad race, and there were races where he was in third or in fourth, and, and darn close. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the only thing people knew about Freeze two or three years ago is, oh, he's a dude that takes people out, right? But I feel like last year and this year he's gotten to the point where he's pretty legit. Like, unfortunately, the reputation, I'm sure, is still there. Yeah, yeah, he can't do but much about that. Yeah. legitimately good. I don't know what the hell he would have to be able to do to get on a team, though, because of that reputation. Well, um, he still had a couple of shady moves this year. Uh, Albertson was yeah. one. Oh, yeah, he yeah. had a straight-up DQ in one race. Yeah, for Anaheim won. Right, exactly. That was me. That was me. Oh, that was you. Oh, that's right. That was you. Oh, yeah. Who for? Are, are you gritting your teeth over there as I'm complimenting Freeze? No, I, I literally walked up to him and told him to get a job this weekend. He, no, you he did He literally wrote good all night. You did, Wilbur? I, I think so. I thought he looked good in practice. I thought he he wrote good. I mean, he had to pass good dudes to get into third. Um, regardless if they stalled it or whatever they did, he had to pass him. And I thought he wrote good, and I would, you know, I'm the first person that would not give him credit, and I, I think, I think he. <laughs> no, Wilbur. I think Wilbur. He wrote solid. Wilbur, you're the second person to not give him credit. The other one's on the other line here. I know. I well, give him credit. <laughs> but I walked up to him at DMX's party at Atlanta and, and told him that he's riding really, really well this year, right. and I've gotten a fist fight with the guy. So no, I'm just saying it, it hurts you, JT, to do that. But that's to your credit. That's um, good for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever. I, I may not be his biggest fan, but I also. I'm very aware of yeah. the effort that all of us put into this. This is our whole life, and yep. if I see the guy doing well and yep. and doing it the right way, I'm going to acknowledge it. Do, Wilbert, or I don't. Maybe I shouldn't ask you this. I, mean, I will anyways. Will any? Would anybody pick up a Vince Freeze, uh, Star, uh, Geico, PC? I mean, does 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 anybody pick a guy up like that? Uh, you know, into into give him a boost into a factory truck. I, I don't know. Um, in my mind, uh, I mean, the podium didn't hurt, right? But at the same time, uh, I, I have a tough time with it because of his reputation, like you guys said, and, yeah. and it, it, it precedes him no matter what he does. Mm-hmm. And it, no matter how clean he tries to stay, it still it still happens. Um, yeah, but he... at the same time, uh, the lack of effort isn't there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's there. You know, he's he's put himself out there every weekend. He's he's put himself in a, in a, in a situation that he deserves uh that chance so for me it's tough to say no it really is uh yeah well this is what i've been saying wilbur i feel like guys like a freeze and lemoyne their their windows are done you know and they need to move up and make some money and that's the money's in the 450 class they're both well capable of making main events and taking home at least two grand a weekend you know so but freeze is he's i talked to him after the race he's adamant like he's like some guys are going to move out of that class and i think i can get podiums all the time and maybe win a race this is the two fifty. The two fifty series is is what he's going for, and I guess tip of the cap to him. He's determined to try to make it happen. He's going to end up Wygant third in the series, so there is that. Yeah, but again, I, I'm saying it's like the same thing. Unfortunately, 
he has ridden really good, even when the field was full. But I think at the end of the year, people are going to say, huh, Freddie's got third? Huh, Freddie's got to put him? Oh, yeah, but uh, everybody's all hurt, right? And they're going to forget that even when the guys were there, mm-hmm. he was darn close. I mean, he was he was the you know the best of the guys with the least type of situation, right? It was like all the factory guys and yeah. then him. Well, it's kind of like Wilbur's title last year, right, Weege? A lot like that. Yeah, like you said, Wilbur, you're winning races when Dean Wilson was there. <laughs> and then at the end of the year, we're even, I mean, Muscan obviously is no slouch. It's just weird. Like, people remember the end, I'm not just, the I'm, beginning when all the dudes weren't hurt. I'm kidding, Wilbur. No, I, oh. I, mean, I was just waiting for it. I was waiting for it all night. Right, actually. right, right. Um, you blew my theory out of the water before the season, which was it's hard to win your first ever race and then go on to win a title. You blew that out of the water, though. So, you're welcome. Um, uh, what happened to Kyle Bitterman? Why did he? Why is his name now Kyle Evoy Bitterman? What happened with? E, what is Evoy? What, what is that a name? Is that is that a nickname? Are any pilots to the races in? Well, we have to ask AMA Doris. Kyle Evoy Bitterman. It's really weird. Uh, it ruins kind of ruins the jokes of of Pearl Jam Bitterman. You know, better man, but. Um, happy man. Hey, does anybody does anybody have man. a problem with the pass on the Ripa uh, after the finish line? Uh, kind of a standard Supercross pass, right? Uh, no, Wilbur. I didn't. I, I didn't like it. Just be, I mean, I mean, and it was my teammate. But I mean, at the same time, I was happy for Jimmy D in the position he was in. But at the same time, I want my teammate to move forward. So it's tough for me, right? I mean, I'm in a tough spot right there because I was what didn't you like about it? Well, tell us, tell us what you didn't like about the pass. Well, I, I was in the manager's tower, so it was tough for me to end up seeing the ending of it, and I haven't uh-huh. watched it on TV. Okay. So I don't know, and, and I'd like to analyze it. I, I to, to be to be fair, I, I can't really say because I didn't analyze it. It was all live, and it was quick. And right, I didn't right. I see the whole thing. I saw him go by, run up the inside, and I saw Jimmy D not come out. So to me, it's like, well, he's come out. So I don't know. I, I yeah, to me, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Will, the question is, did he pause or did he not? Because no, if you didn't exactly. if you didn't pause and Jimmy kind of came like try to go down, then there's really nothing to say. But if you pause, and everyone's done this, I know Wells, you've done it, I've done it, everyone's done yep. it in that situation. You can either pause or you don't. And, and there's definitely intent there. So I, I don't know. I haven't looked at it closely enough, but Same here. I think if he if he waited, then it's a big deal. If not, then it's just one of those things where maybe Dakota's kind of anticipated him being gone already or whatever. So. Yep. I I, th- I saw the replay on the stadium jumbotron. It looked fine to me, but yeah, again, I need to look at it closer. But too bad for the Ripper. Probably. I mean, I don't think the Ripper could have won, but I think he could have caught a, pod- a podium. Without a doubt. You know. So. You got sixty-two thousand two hundred and twelve. You don't claim that many people disagreeing with you right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. Ripper won the heat. He whole shot the main, and every one of them, they were buying shots. The celebra- <laughs> celebration was on. The GT- Every one of those people believed in the Ripa. It was GTL time. Jim Tan Laundry. It was time. I mean, bro, Ripa is popular coast to coast, but this is the closest race to New England. Even better. I forgot about the uh, Ri- yeah. I forgot about the Ripper winning a heat. Yeah, good job by him on that. That was cool. But I mean, look, not everybody of that sixty-two thousand people. You don't forget about the Candyman people. They're not going for the Ripper. They're going for the Candyman. Oh, that's their 450 guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, different classes. Yeah. All right, okay. I'm just, just checking. Did did Chase Stallo interview uh, the Candyman? Do we know? Weege? Um, I can find that in a second here. I know that you sent him on a mission. I have to, I have to find this answer. I have to get this answer. 
So check it out and see if the candy man got, got interviewed. Otherwise, fire Chase immediately. Um, Oldenburg got eighth. Good ride by him. Jackson Richardson, tenth. Gannon Audette, 11th. That's got to be Audette's best. Oh, no, wait. He did better than that in St. Louis. Scratch that. I think he got a fourth one year. Yeah, I mean, lately. I was going to say lately. I think he did get okay. a fourth with Star or something, right? Or maybe yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, going into Vegas, hard not to see Bogle winning now. Right, Will? In this class and this with the with the field that he's in, uh, pressure's off. Uh, I'm going to yeah, reverse – I'm going to reverse what I said in uh, New York where I didn't think he would win. I, hard to see him not winning in, in Vegas and taking home a third win of the year. I mean, yeah, in my opinion, I see him going out there with confidence and just doing his thing and, and letting it play out the way it's going to play out. I don't think mm-hmm. you take any chances, but, I mean, I think you take the win, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think on that on those conditions, too, I think yeah, I think I would feel that he's pretty comfortable on the Vegas yeah. track on a hard pack. And I know that the dirt has been on the floor – all week, it's already been there, so it's going to be really hard and really slippery. Uh, and I feel like he's easily the best guy in those conditions. So I would be shocked if he didn't. Did win. Uh, Did Damon Bradshaw yeah. tell you that on the plane this morning? Um, I don't. Maybe oh. someone told me that. Okay, it could have been him. I don't think so though. Okay. Who do you got, Wilbur, on the West Coast? Celia Anderson. What do you think? How's it going to shake down? How's it going to shake down? I have to go with Sealy because he's my friend. And uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I have to. Uh, that's just the way it is. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I got his back. I think the, the kid's been awesome throughout my career, and not only to me, but I mean, all year. So he's going to make uh, he's going to make eight points up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. I'm Will. going for it. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's it's a big gap, right? I mean, right. it's uh, it's big, but it's not. And that that's a tough thing in our sport. Is it's like it's it's not that many points. But at the same time, it's um, it's enough to be. If you're Anderson, you're pretty comfortable at this moment. But yeah, your comfort gets you in trouble. Will your Vegas main event last year? That was that was some high drama. That was some high drama. <laughs> so um, well, yeah. had I not piled myself into the loops during uh, during practice, I think I probably could have pulled that off. But, right, uh, right. And and you didn't. And when Muscan passed you too, you didn't jump off your bike and grab him in a headlock. That was classy. I wanted to. <laughs> I was pumped for you, Will. Let's be honest. I was pumped. I appreciate that. I I wanted Muscan to win just because Wilbur. Really? No, because wow. the, No, listen, because the AMA didn't know what they were going to do with <laughs> with his points and having raced. I wanted to see what the AMA would have done because he had raced. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't know Wilbur. I don't know if you know this. It was hilarious. They didn't know if he was going if he won the title if they were going to invoke the three years and out rule because he raced like once he raced one like, race yeah yeah like oh, well, five years ago and then they didn't know if they that was supposed to count as a year or not so they pretty much said uh let's hope will win because they did not know how to rule yeah. if muskin had to move up or not did you know any of those so we wanted to see them squirm couch, but qualified i mean it's the same thing right like i just qualified for the main event but i didn't race i was still in the ambulance and i was in the hospital for the main event so but they still counted those what was so. that what was that sorry when i said that I mean, the years that I didn't ride. I mean, in 12, I scored, like, I mean, hardly any points. 11, I didn't score any points. And they still counted it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, then, yeah. Okay. Then, they have, then, then they have an answer. Yeah, because Muscan in 2007 or eight or 
whatever. He qualified in Phoenix. He missed the start of the main event and joined the race two laps down. Well, there you go. Because I, I qualified for the night show in 11, and they still counted it. I, I didn't race the night show. I was in the hospital. So Wow. Okay. There we go. Let's answer the question. I would have loved to have seen, you know, um, would other teams be protesting? Like if, if he was re-signed and then tried to come back and race the 250 class the next year with the number one plate, would yeah. other teams be like, what? What would have happened? No, Wilbur, I had an AMA guy tell me when I asked him about what would happen. He told me, well, let's just hope Will wins. Yeah. So, uh, save the day. Um, you got an answer there, Weege, about the Candyman? No Candyman interview. You need to fire the Chase Stala. You need to fu- history continues. You need to fire Chase Stala ASAP. Yeah. I can't. It's fr- funny, actually, and uh, Will might notice this this week. I can I can spill these things to him when we have guys going to races every weekend and and doing interviews. Every guy, there are certain riders just because they're like buddies of people. Lots of coverage. I think Alex Martin, we've gotten an interview with at every race. Everybody loves troll. Mathis, you have your standard way short top Jimmy. and count on you. Mm-hmm. More often than not, you're going to get those guys. I'm, I'm tied with the JGR guys, as people know. It's really funny. So we do have Alex Martin interview for the oh. eighth consecutive week. We've got Alex <laughs> Martin covered. JT was so mad at me while I waited for Villapoto interview. Well, I mean, it was 1 a.m. when we left the stadium. I had to get it, wondering. though. I had to get it. He won the title. Yeah, I'm aware. He made me get him a beer. I wouldn't have cared if it wasn't so cold. Right, right. And, hey, how about Casey Stoner? Just full-on fan now. Just going to the race. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's almost getting a little irritating. God, he's here again. <laughs> God. Uh Hey Wilbur. Yep. There was fifteen Honda CRFs in the in the two fifty main event out of twenty two riders. Isn't that, isn't that unreal? I tweeted that a couple weeks ago. I'm like, it's unbelievable to me that I'm watching the the thing scroll across the top of the screen. You know, it's red, green, orange, yellow, and you're like, well, hasn't changed. Hasn't broken. You look in the game, it's like it's all red. Just fifteen. That's crazy. That's a man. lot, right? Yeah. Cool. Why do you think that is? Goodbye. Who who pays you again? Um, Honda. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. No, I'm kidding. But no, yeah. Fifteen. Any any idea, JT? What was it about the bike? What do you think? Fifteen. Why does every privateer in the 250 East class pick a Honda? And fly. Oh yeah, I, I think I think the bike's good. I mean, I, I noticed that myself, and obviously, I'm really far removed from the 250 class, but. I don't think it's a secret that you know they, that the privateers think that bike is good. God, the last time uh, you raced 250 Supercross, it was a disaster. I'm gonna, I'm seriously gonna punch you right in the throat. What, what are you talking about? It was a bad decision by you. It's okay. I mean, why? You just, you didn't have it, bro. I was hurt. It was not good. I was worried about you back then. I had a broken leg. What do you want? I just was like, you sh- what are you doing out there? You know. What year was trying it? Trying to make money. In the lights class? Oh, nine. Yeah, in the lights class, you're trying to make money. Well, I couldn't. I was nowhere near healthy enough to make a 450 main event. I disagree. So I raced five races on the 250, got myself back up to speed, then raced the last two on the 450 and got, I went 12-11. So yeah, see? You can suck it. You, you should have went 12-11 all year. I was hurt. What part of that did you not get? It wasn't good, Wilbur. 
I'm not. I'm not. Mathis, saying Mathis is very. Uh, when when you're he an, knows very much about what people can do. And when will when you're an older veteran rider like JT was in '09, you just don't have the the balls out to race 250 Supercross. It's no. It's not. I wasn't a, going for a title. It doesn't matter. You just didn't have it. It's all right. Didn't. Uh, Oh, I seriously, I, I can't wait to. See. I'm, I'm actually going to see you tomorrow. You are. You are. Gonna, I'm going to sweep the leg. I'm going to drop you as soon as I see you. Go ahead. I'll throw a fastball at you. Yeah, I could take yeah. it right in the face, and it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, do anything. It wouldn't even get a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else? We got anything else uh, to talk about on this podcast? New York City wrap hey, up. I got a story to tell. Okay. I was selling uh, selling one of my old mountain bikes last week. And this guy comes up, we meet at the spot, he's checking it out, checking it out, rides it, shifts it, you know, makes sure the wheels are still true and everything, and he's checking it out, asking me questions. Everything's normal. <laughs> Waiting for him to then he got, make a decision. Then he got you in a van? Then he pulled you in the van, yeah. or what What happened? The Candyman. His name was Candyman. <laughs> um, he he says, um, I'm going to sit by the seat. I'm like, okay. And he goes, how many times has this seat been sprayed with pa- with pump? And I'm like, <laughs> what? What? He's like, yeah. How many times have you sprayed this thing with pump? And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, man. I listen to all your podcasts. I love that, man. I listen to Matt's show every week. I listen to the pre-race show on Thursday. I listen to the podcast before the race on Saturday. I'm like, you know all this stuff? And he's like, yeah, I know who you are. Never said a word to you until then. No. Like, it was 20 minutes conversation, and then he drops the spray with pump joke, and I'm like, wait, is that now a thing that people are just saying? Or does he actually listen to this thing? So confused. I mean, this is, I'm selling a mountain bike on Craigslist, not even a dirt bike. I mean, it's just random. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just made that term up, so. Yeah. I mean, he had Yeah, I thought for a second, JT, that you had made spray with pump, like, into the vernacular, outside of the sport. Oh, I I cross all the media, you know, mediums. That's but the best thing is he didn't immediately tell you anything. It took him twenty minutes before he drops strays spray the pump. I give the guy total credit for like being cool. Like he must have had that joke in mind the whole time and he just held it in his back pocket. Well, I waited and pull it out. Hold on though, yeah. Wagant. I don't know what's that's that's a pretty amazing story. But the more amazing thing is like so you're sort of known for being super cheap, right? Yeah. How much was I know you got a new Scott mountain bike. And a very nice, and and you you spent some money on it to your credit. I did. It wasn't free. No, no, I no. Got a nice yeah, yeah. It was no, not you, free. you spent a lot of money. You amazed a lot of us. Let's just say there was a lot of murmuring about your purchase among all of us. But um, how much could you possibly be asking for your old one? Uh, apparently too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only person ever sell a used bike above retail. I'm like. I was like, man, I, he's asking to pay less. I'm like, now this guy knows how, man, I don't want to go on Twitter and tell him fans that I'm a jerk because I try to rip him off. How um, much were you asking for it? No, I asked for 400 and I think he gave me 360 I said, I asked 10%. I was all right. <laughs> 360 <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> 360 The guy probably came in at 340 Why gets like, yeah, three- nope. 365. He went 360. Nope, I'll load no, it back I was up. bummed. He, his first offer was 360, and I said, yeah, that's fine. So, I don't know. I don't know the rules of Craigslist. Should you never take the first offer? I, I think. I'm not dude, it was 40 bucks. Like, I didn't feel like going through another meet up with three other guys, talking about the bike for a half hour. 
I think you could have you could have threatened to put it back in your truck, and you could have got him up to three eighty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you three sixty five. Rotted away right now. Right. Rotted away. I right will put now. this thing back in and go home. <laughs> three. Uh, it was so close to my house, I was able to ride it there. So he could have watched how well it worked as I rode away from him. Sprayed with pump. Yeah. That's awesome. Sprayed with pump, and he held it in for twenty minutes. Yeah, my mind was blown. But you see. And, um, yeah. Also, the guy I had to do the interview um, with on the floor as we fought for New Jersey's right to ride dirt bikes in the woods was this AMA rep who I met randomly while hiking on my honeymoon in Maine, and he comes down from this trail. I might have told this story on here once. This trail is getting gnarlier and gnarlier, and eventually there's just iron rungs like in the mountainside, and you got to climb ladders and stuff. My wife's like, I don't want to do this. And this guy comes scurrying down from the other direction, and she's like, hey, is that really difficult up there? Should we even keep going? And he just says, are you Jason Wygant? Do you announce GNCC? <laughs> what? what? That is it. These are the only two stories I have ever of randomly being recognized by people. And anyway, this guy that I met on this trail on my honeymoon sends a letter to Racer X saying, this inspired me. This meeting of fate in the middle of nowhere inspired me to think that maybe I need to take more chances in my life and that there's more in it for me. And I want to work in this industry full time. But unfortunately, I never even opened the letter until like three years later. So I opened it. I'm like, oh, shit, that sucks. I didn't even read the thing. I never even wrote the guy back. Anyway, this weekend, I have to go down to the podium to do an interview with the AMA about, like, fighting for your right to ride. He's like, hi, I'm Steve. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. He's like, oh, no, I actually met you before. Remember on your honeymoon, you met the random guy in the woods? I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. And like I wrote, I wanted to get a full-time job in the industry, and I work for the AMA now. I live in Washington, D.C. It's inspired him, why again? Fired him. You've, oh, yeah. That's he, what I do for people. He looked at you and went, if this guy can make it, anybody can. <laughs> Perhaps. It's the anti-New York. We, uh, JT and I got spotted in New York City, though, when we were talking about walking. Some guy just tweeted and said, uh, nice camel pants, JT, or something. And JT was wearing camel pants. And uh, oh. Yeah, like so that's kind of weird. He didn't stop us or anything. but so. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, Wilbur, did you enjoy the uh, the podcast here? I did. I think you did a good job. You did a good good job. I think, yeah. I think I sucked at it, but I, I felt I felt good about it. <laughs> well, you know what? You're gonna have a lot of practice because I know you love doing radio shows. So man, you do a lot of radio shows. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, I can't help that people like talking to me. What do you want me to do? I'm not gonna say no when they call me. So I right. I enjoy it. Some of them I feel like aren't even real radio shows, just like a guy with a microphone in his basement. <laughs> right. well, look, look, here's the deal. I made up a couple of them because I wanted to get a little bit more up on myself. <laughs> right, right, right. That's it. Right. I feel like it's one of them just you and Tommy talking. <laughs> you know, one of them was actually just Tom and I having a conversation, but that's nonetheless, <laughs> you know, doesn't really matter. We still got press out of it. Yeah. No, yeah, you're, you're, you're media darling. That's what you are. Maybe you start making oh. side money by just... For five ninety five an hour, just call me and I'll just talk to you. You know, I don't have to just record it. Doesn't have to be a podcast. I'll just talk to you. I think in the group private you know, podcast. I think Mathis owes me like forty bucks or something. Why? I don't know for a jersey or something. I don't know. You owe me money. Oh, you were going to give just me... have him pay you in coffee. <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that again. Let's not do that again. <laughs> um, you were supposed to bring the signed jersey to me this weekend. Yeah, that was my bad, dude. I I totally forgot that the other truck wasn't going. Oh, okay. This weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, so, give it to me this weekend uh, so we can so I can give away money to another privateer and then have more people talk shit on me. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I think I, I already gave you the money, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Well, not you did. Amy did. Well, yeah. Well, dude, it's so, a <laughs> long story. I'm not going to go into that. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Um, uh, but thanks, Will. We appreciate it. Uh, you're, the, you're the editor in charge this week over at RacerX Online, so I look forward to your contributions to Breakdown and criticizing Breakdown as, as much as you can. Wait, did I am I your boss this week or no? Uh, yeah, you kind of are. Ooh, I like it. Yeah? Yeah, you kind of are. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did think I got fired this week. So I got a phone call from a, from a higher up at RacerX about some plans in the future, and, you know, he goes, hey, man, uh, are you busy? And uh, I'm like, no. He's like, uh, you got time to talk? And I'm like, yeah. And he gets all kind of serious. He's like, well, hey, man. Uh, it wasn't Davey, by the way. It was another guy, Brian. And he goes, uh, so, uh, you know, I was just uh, – and I'm like, I'm fired. I'm fired. In my brain, I'm like, I'm fired. What I do? What I do? What I do? I mean, because Brian is a great guy, but he never calls me, you know. doesn't never really has any issue to call me. So I did think I was fired this week, Will. And when the guy called me to give me that information, the first thing I thought is, oh, Matt has been fired. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, oh, and Weege, did you run into? I, I I did not run into Bloomberg reporter Dave Nash. You didn't? No, I did not see him. I was bummed. Oh no, I only got him for a while because he was part of that AMA thing I did in the podium. So mm. learned a lot. Yeah, angering Brotocross. Angering Brotocross. Yeah, he's obsessed super fan. Loves the sport more than anybody, and is so obsessed that he figured out a way to get Bloomberg News to get him a media credential so he could potentially get a story in there. And then, because he's so ballsy, since he knows Kenny Watson, he knows him because he listens to the Pulp MS show. <laughs> he, like, worked his way into, like, the RCH rig and, like, talked to Kerry Hart. And there's, I didn't even know this. Did you know there's, like, a silent partner, like, an other owner of the RCH team? No. No, I didn't. Yeah. There's just another guy, not Carmichael. Not hard. There's just another guy. And there's Nash, who's actually like a high school teacher in New Jersey, talking to him for 45 minutes under the guise of I work for Bloomberg. He does for the weekend, getting all this information on marketing models and business proposals and how the team runs and how they operate and why they do what they do that no one else in the industry probably even knows. Because for this weekend and this weekend only, the high school teacher in New Jersey that listens to the Pulp Show <laughs> managed to get Bloomberg to give him a press pass. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. This has been the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, don't forget, use the code PulpMX to save yourself money at BTOsports.com. New York City Supercross wrap-up. Will Hahn, thank you. Jason Thomas, thanks. Uh, Weech, thank you. And uh, we appreciate uh, you guys listening to this. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, we will, we'll do another one of these after Las Vegas. Thanks, guys. See you. See you, guys. Appreciate it. See you. See you. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and 
you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go on.